Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hey, hey, everybody. Hi, it's Lori Bischoff here. Welcome to the We're Talking Shift podcast, the place where I talk shift because I think that the antidote to feeling stuck begins by shifting our thinking. And when we're really stuck, a lot of times we just have to follow that up by going rogue and making a radical shift in our lives. Today on my Going Rogue guest segment, I'm going to be talking with my guest, Michelle Rober. Now, having trained and coached thousands of people to lose weight, to gain strength, to get fit and restore health for over 30 years, Michelle has emerged as an inspiration in the field of self-empowerment, lifestyle, and transformation of body, mind, and spirit through her creation of Soul Luminous Coaching and Soul Luminous Radio. That's Soul, S-O-U-L, you guys. Michelle is a health and empowerment coach. She's a writer, a speaker, and a spirited entrepreneur. She began her business, which is 121 Fit Inc., as a single mom of two young boys having very little income. And she took that from no clients to accumulating sales, measuring in the millions through her personal training and her weight loss programs, her wellness offerings, and her state-of-the-art wellness campus featuring a fitness center, an orthopedic clinic, a physical therapy um, place, a holistic spa. She provided a resource for patients, clients, and visitors to heal and connect and create and sustain their own health and well-being. Michelle, she is just brilliant. She is a graduate of Simmons College in Boston. She's got a rich history of education and certification spanning over 30 years. She was actually named Entrepreneur of the Year in 2010, and in 2011, she won the Silver Award. So, wow. Hey, Michelle, are you ready to start talking some shift? I am so ready. I've been so looking forward to this. I cannot tell you. Yeah, it's been, um, I've lost track actually of how many years since we actually first met, which is when I was a guest on your podcast. That's, I think it was like five years ago, maybe. I think so. I think, like it, that. I think it was not long after I launched my book, which was in 2011. So mm, somewhere, somewhere between five and eight years ago. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Time flies and we look great. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like the way you think. Yes. Aging well like a fine wine. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm really excited to have you on today. And thank you um, because we share so many of the same passions. I mean, we both just thrive on teaching and helping other people heal or up-level their physical and emotional fitness. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a life lifelong focus and something that I feel extremely passionate about, very strong about. And my only um, the only caveat is that there are so so many people out there that need to be helped, and you know you want to get at them all, and we just can't. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. But you're right. And isn't it interesting? I, I, I think about this all the time. It's so interesting that in this day and age, 
when we know more about, you know, health, physical and emotional health and wellness and, you know, the mind-body connection, we know more than we ever did before. We have access to more information. People have access to everything. And yet, at least in America, people are sicker at younger ages than ever before. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, you know as well as I do that, you know, we kind of became victim of that with the whole big agriculture movement and then pharmaceuticals and that other stuff and just that fast paced lifestyle and that, you know, we, then certain things become habits. And then when we get the education, the information about what's actually going on, changing those habits is so hard to do because it suddenly becomes a new thing to do something that is good for you when you thought you were treating your body. Okay. And then you come to find out, when something happens, you gain weight, you, you know, you mm. get cancer or high blood pressure or whatever happens that, oh, my God, what's going on here? And they are faced with overwhelm, especially addressing what you just said, especially um, with access, not only access, but we're inundated with so much information and stimulation all the time just by virtue of the way we live nowadays with our phones and our computers and and right. social media and everything. Yeah, it, it's true. And so it's almost like the overwhelm is paralyzing for people. There's so there's so much available that you almost get paralyzed. And people, that, that's what I hear all the time, and I'm sure you do too, is I don't know what's right. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do because there's right. so much. Absolutely. And you know, Laurie, you don't know as well as I do again. I mean, we're in the same field. We do the same things. That that, um, that you know, fight, fight, flight, or freeze, that, that paralyzation that occurs like a deer in the head, like, what the heck do I, I used to know all this stuff. I used to know what I could do. I used to be able to do it, but I'm so overwhelmed. I just, I can't move. And just the feeling of being stuck and not knowing what to do yet having the information and still being a smart person is even more paralyzing because you don't know why you can't work on behalf of yourself. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, what I'm wondering, I would, where I'd like to start is what, um, what brought you into this world in the first place? I mean, you've been teaching and training and coaching and helping people now for a long time, what, like 30 years. So, which is really before it got super ultra trendy. Um, yeah. so what was it that initially drew you into the whole world of health and wellness and then making that a career? Well, um, I was always involved in sports. I was heavy duty into sports. So I was a jock. I wasn't, you know, in the other cliques that I was just into sports. And that that team mentality was a real big thing. And I loved it. And I loved working out. And I loved being in the outdoors. Well, actually, back then, working out was different. I mean, now we're talking even more years, 35, 36 years ago. But um, it was different than the way we look at it now. Sure. And at Way back then, um, there was the advent of like in where I live over here in the east, where you know over in the west it was, um, you know, more popular. But it took a little time to cross the country. But you know, gyms and Nautilus, like Nautilus, first came mm -hmm. out, and so gyms, <laughs> right. bodybuilding, right? Rachel McClashey, Corey Everson, and like all these bodybuilding women started to emerge. And being a woman in sports myself, I was always 
independent and, you know, you always fought for what you wanted and you wanted that win and you did what it took. And so when the, the physical fitness kind of craze emerged in a more profound way rather than just leg lifts and leotards, when it came out, I got um, involved in it through my sister. And after I graduated college, I'm like, you know what, we're going to open up our own gym. Like that's because I want people need to know what they can do with their bodies, what kind of changes they can make. Now, today we deal with it in our careers in a much more profound level that has way more of a far reaching impact because we know the science of epigenetics. We know, you know, about the, the microbiome. We know what happens to our mind body, not just our body when we exercise these disciplines. But I was brought into the health industry way, way. I'm so amazed that I'm talking so many years back, but that's what brought me into it. And then ever since then, I just had a series of health clubs and it emerged into something far more important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's become what it is today. So I can help people on a much greater level. Yeah, it kind of has, you know, what we've learned is that it really isn't just physical health and wellness and working out, it's not just something that you do a couple times a week. Really, the whole mind-body connection thing is it's a way you think and it's a lifestyle about how you live in in all of those aspects. They're all connected. Yeah. You know, looking, you're absolutely right. And looking back, I'm just thinking like way back when on that whole gym craze, you know, Weight Watchers became, was becoming super popular and people were just dieting and dieting as the advent of the new food, right? The industrial age and getting through the 60s, 70s, and that now it's really starting to have an impact on people and they're gaining weight easier. And so people are starting to diet. And then the whole diet craze came in that kind of raped us, us of nutrients and taught us all the wrong stuff about yeah. relationship with our bodies and relationship with food and relationship with exercise. So I am so happy that after that um, apocalypse (laughs) of the diet industry and um, just the way we're producing and making food now, that it's all, and we're helping it all to come around to help people not only get educated, but to help them realize the power that they have with their thoughts and their words and their perspective in their own desire, you know, how they can bring it all back around to make their lives incredible, like within a short period of time, if they just kind of embrace the very foreign concept of putting yourself first and getting back to basics and realizing your body is um, a divine and miraculous resource and it does what it does the way it's supposed to do always, you know, and if we can teach them to give, give it the right stuff, the thoughts, the words, the food, the movement, then they're going to be doing great. Yeah. Give it the right stuff, like you said, and stop inundating it with the wrong stuff. Right, right, right. So when your clients and people come to you um, and they're seeking help, is there like a common factor that you found that compels them to seek you out? Like, is there a tipping point that they finally reach where, you know, maybe they've tried to do some stuff on their own, it hasn't worked, or, or maybe they've, you know, gotten a diagnosis or something. Is there like a common thing that all of a sudden somebody goes, okay, uh, that's it. I'm going to get help. And then they show up at your doorstep. Yes. And it it is, it is the absolute overwhelm. Usually there's been an event 
Um, so it could be that their spouse had a heart attack or um, they got diagnosed with high blood pressure. Um, they're already knowing that most of the people who come to me are, um, interestingly enough, are overweight um, or over fat or, or deconditioned, but they're not morbidly obese. Most of the people are regular people who are just really frustrated and then scared. And they're ready to make a commitment that goes beyond, like, do it, like you said, doing it on your own. So beyond a $50 a month gym membership, mm-hmm. beyond, um, you know, doing the same old thing, counting points or, you know, doing Jenny Craig or, or any of that stuff. It, they know it needs to go beyond. They're scared. Something's happened. It's not just the accumulation of, quote unquote, failures, but there's something that really hooked into them that shook them into a new awareness that they had to do something differently. Right. Isn't it interesting that it's so easy to, to let ourselves or for people to let themselves get to that point? Like, is it just, you know, this gradual overall lifestyle that they've been living for, you know, years, decades in some cases, and they don't realize that they actually no longer really feel good. They've become so used to, you know, on a scale of one to 10, only feeling like a five that to them, five is so normal. They don't realize there's like five more degrees of, of feeling so much better. And, and then they don't realize it until like that thing happens till they get a diagnosis or something tragic, you know, or, or really serious happens. And then they go have a wake up call. Yeah. And you're right. They don't, they get used to the new normal. So they, they, not only do we, all right, so let's backing up just a little bit. We were fed a, a whole lot of bad information about food and nutrition and you can go on, you can go the whole dark down that dark rabbit hole because I can get really pissed off about that stuff. I know, right? Right? It's just unfair. But we now know. We know how food is produced and we know what kind of food that we need. So once the client starts, like, come on, let's get rid of the processed food. But, you know, we're going to eliminate all processed grains. Let's get rid of the gluten. Let's get rid of dairy for now. So we're going to go through a little bit of a cleansing period. And I'm not about starving at all because I'm a foodie. I love to eat. And, uh, you know, once I tried to fast, I joke with my clients. Yeah, one time I tried to fast and it lasted about two hours and it was horrible. It was like (laughs) I couldn't even do it. I was like, no more of that. But um, once we can get um, the potential um, inflammatory agents out of their diet, definitely the processed food and get them to drink and just to start to move. People want to jump in. Like, I want to do this. I want you to write me out a diet. Well, guess what? I don't write out diets. Right. I'll give you recipes and I'll tell you what to eliminate and then what to add in, but I don't write out diets. And it, mm-hmm. it is definitely according to where you're at, right? Where are you now? So if you're a junk food junkie and that's all you live on is food out of packages, then then that's going to be a real big deal for you. So we're going to have to look at what's possible for you to be able to sustain your choice. Because if we went 100% organic and you're cooking everything on your own and you haven't cooked at all, then now you need to know how to cook. You need to know how to shop. You need to like, that's too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, You can't sustain it. Right. Right. So if we can get you to make these first healthy choices, start to move, let's get rid of, as much processed food as you can feel comfortable with right now, let's introduce 
you know, more greens and fruit that you like and start to keep a little bit of a food journal so I can get some feedback as to what's going on. I mean, within three days, even a day, people are always saying, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe already how much better I feel. Already I've dropped three pounds because getting rid of that processed food, your body gets so plumped up. Mm-hmm. reacting just because your body's trying to balance itself out, like with these different chemicals and additives is being given, like mm-hmm. it's doing its job. It's yeah. us who has not been doing the job of yeah. feeding it the right step. But yeah, um, yeah I, when, when people start to like do the quote unquote detox, a food detox, they get rid of, they go all organic when they're ready for that. Some people feel like they have the flu for five days. Right, right. They're, they are just, their body is going through so much with cleansing itself and rebalancing that they actually are feeling sick. Yes, yes. And that to me is amazing. But once getting beyond that, then they start to feel better. That's just so awesome because that feeds their motivation and we can start to refine uh, what I call their RDP. Everyone needs a, a relentless daily practice. And um, that relentless daily practice is, you know, the food that you're eating, what's your food practice from where you are now, you know, and what is going to work for you for now from where you're at, you know, what's your exercise practice, what's your meditation practice, what's your mindfulness all about, you know, so we fill in the blocks on your own personal RDP and devise a practice that's sustainable for you at this point. And then when that becomes a little bit more automated and easy, it's not so much of a change, then we'll create a new one and bring you to the next level, kind of Mm -hmm. shimmy and shake your way into what these next changes so you can keep on, keep on keeping on and keep on feeling better. Right, right. Yeah, there's, there's gotta be like a, for most people, it's the rare person that can make a radical, radical shift in diet and, and exercise in that whole lifestyle and then sustain that. Most people really have to create these new habits like you're talking about one, one mm-hmm. step at a time so that it becomes a new habit and eventually all of those new habits build on each other and you find yourself in a, in a whole new way of living. Um, Right. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, I'm sure you've seen that same thing, like you referenced and I've seen it so many times where somebody gets to the point where they're like fed up and then they go, all right, you know, now I'm going to, um, I'm doing this class and I'm going to go to this thing. I'm getting up at five every day, whereas they're used to getting up at seven and, you know, and the whole diet, they just, they go a hundred percent and you're so excited for them. You cheer them on. That's awesome. But you're like, okay, how long are they really going to be able to sustain this? And usually, you know, it's um, maybe 10 days. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, they definitely yeah. start to stutter at, at, at two weeks. I mean, I see that um, in different classes that I hold, like my online classes or my uh, uh, group training classes that I do. Everyone's like gung-ho in the beginning, and then they're like, oh, God, you know, Life gets in the way of like, no, life doesn't get in the way. Uh-uh, that's life. That's life happening. You need to navigate your way with what you want. We need to fit this in somehow. We need to make this work for you because that is never going to change. I have a client who's 
um, very, very successful in commercial real estate. And she's been coaching with me for a few years. And, you know, people here a few years, you know, and it's just like, well, you know what, to make a significant impact in your life in a number of areas, of course, she came because she wanted to lose weight. Um, and now she's really making that happen. But other things had to happen um, in order for her to really be able to give that focus to her exercise and her food practice and to really make it her lifestyle. And one of those things was her job, her career was a super high priority. And she's like, you know, I can't lose weight until I stop traveling. And I'm like, well, when are you going to stop traveling? You sell commercial real estate. It's a, it's a global company. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, you can't, she couldn't yeah. stop traveling unless she changed her job. So what ended up happening is her goals became more career oriented. And because um, she had her non-negotiable, I'm always like every, to everyone, what's your non-negotiable? Uh-huh. Well, for most of us, our non-negotiable is, well, I got to go to work. I'm going to pay the bill. All right. Yeah. So no matter what, no matter what, that's what you're going to do. Or if you have children, your non-negotiables are, I'm going to take care of my children. I've got to be there, home for them every night to make sure they're okay, right? Sure. So what's your non-negotiable? You have to develop a non-negotiable. Well, for Karen, her non-negotiable was her job, and she is supremely ambitious. Um, she really wanted to make it to this certain level. Well, through coaching and lining up her discipline with her eating and her exercise, as she exercised that discipline in getting a moderate exercise program going and eliminating processed foods and learning how to travel and eat out at restaurants. So she wasn't necessarily losing all that weight that she wanted to, that 50 pounds, but she was getting, beginning to chip away at it and her energy was starting to come up and she started to feel her ability to focus and she felt like she had a little bit more control. Running with that she started in her career to make these decisions. So as her discipline with her food and her exercise and her biology started to um, respond, her mental fatigue and fogginess cleared up, but she felt empowered by the way she was feeling and what she was doing. And so it started to escalate. Then her career shot forward. She reached all of her career goals, just as just recently is culminated in this, and it paired with her exercise practice. So now she's like losing all this weight. She's more successful than ever. It's just like, it's amazing. But we had to make sure that different areas of her life, you know, what was coming up first for her, even though she wanted to lose the weight was her career and her ambition and where she needed to go. So we had to hit mm-hmm. hook and hinge those together yeah. and address what was seemingly most valuable to her at that point, because it wouldn't get out of the way. So we had to, we had to tackle that with, this. So almost right. like the food and the exercise took kind of a second spot in a way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you have any experiences like that, Laurie? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you're right, you know, figuring out what's the priority that that, that person is always going to choose over, um, mm-hmm. y- you know, the exercise or the diet. And then, um, but once, you know, setting them up for success is really... that is such an individual thing. And that's really what you did with her knowing, you know, where her priority was knowing what was, as you call it, the non-negotiable. Okay. So what do we do that we know you can be successful at so that they can get some momentum going? Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 And then building step-by-step. And then it's so, um, amazing to see how, to watch them experience how, 
the physical things that they're now doing, you know, new, the new things with their food or their diet or their exercise, how that actually is bleeding over into the other areas of their life because, and, and helping that too, just like your client, you know, with her work. And I think that that's, that's the beginning of people really starting to understand the, get a glimpse and experience the mind body connection. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, you just can't compartmentalize, you know, the, that it's all related in all those pillars, you know, your mind and your body and your spirit, they, they all, they all affect each other. So if there's a weakness in one area, if one is oh compromised, God, yeah. right, it, it yeah. affects the strength yeah. and the integrity of the other pillars. Exactly. We, and you have to invite all areas of your life in. So if you're starting to do this, eat in this new way and your family's not used to it, you know, you have to set some boundaries for yourself. And I'm always like, do not cook two dinners. You're cooking one dinner, one right. dinner, and it's going to be the way you're eating. I'll give you these good recipes and they're going to end up, they're going to kick up the dust at first, but they're going to end up liking it. And if you're a good spouse and a good parent, why would you want them to eat that other way? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That doesn't even make any sense, right? And so I'll try to invite them in. And what ends up, always ends up happening, you know, whether you're at work and you're bringing your lunch in and you always used to go out to eat and people are watching you eat or you're going out for a work, a walk at lunchtime or, you know, with a thing with your family or, um, you know, you gave up dairy or you gave up gluten and people are watching you going out to eat, you're ordering different stuff at a restaurant and people are at first they feel like, oh God, you know, now I'm going to step up to the plate. So when they're kicking sand in your face or being a little snarky or criticizing you or saying, why are you doing that? Just have a drink. Like, you know, they're afraid they're going to be held up to the bar. But what ends up happening is that they become inspired by your behavior. So when you're making these changes, clients, people who are going to help themselves, you make those changes. Yeah, people are going to kind of make it a little bit difficult at first, but they're worried about themselves because they're seeing you do it and they're not. So they're a little like, Oh God, now I'm going to have to do it. But when you keep doing it and you're happy doing it and you're feeling good about your choices, they're inspired. And then they're going to kind of jump on board. The same thing with your spouse, your partner, your children. I mean, my two boys, I mean, they're older now, 30 and 25. And um, I remember, you know, I'm like, you guys should exercise. And they're like, yeah, you know, that's all you do. And I'm like, no, it's not. But when you're ready, and they each of them went on their own, like they used to work out in their room on their own, they did it. And it's because they learned through observing, they ended up joining me, I didn't preach, I didn't, like, shove it down their throat. It's not about that. It's about, yeah, you're demonstrating. I call it demonstrating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Make your demonstration which is basically lead by example, right? And yep, uh, yeah. and those who are those who are going to get it and kind of catch it <laughs> will <laughs> and and whoever doesn't doesn't. I mean, but you can't be concerned about that. And I you know, I've talked to clients who they want to, you know, change the diet or or you know, and part of that a lot of times involves cutting back on the social aspect, you know, going going out and meeting up for happy hour and all that fun stuff that we love to do, but there's this fear yeah. of loss that creeps in. Yeah. And they think, yeah. but if I, if I, if I make this turn and I go in this direction, then they don't call it that, but that's what it is. Then I'm afraid, um, that it's, 
you know, going to impact my, my friends and what are they going to think? And you're right. There's, there's pressure, you know, because well, just have one or this won't hurt you or you look beautiful just the way you are, you know, that kind right, of thing. Right, right. And they're afraid yeah. that if they stick to their guns, they're going to lose those relationships and they're going to lose that connection. So that fear of losing those connections is, um, really impactful in, you know, how they choose to move forward or if they, or if they don't. Yeah. You know, I love that topic that you just brought up about the, the impact on that, on the social life. And, um, cause that comes up with my clients too. And I'm just going to use, this as a real life example. Um, and this is how we go about it because Laurie, I know that you are not a purist and I'm not a purist. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like, I, I love wine and I love food. I love potato chips, <laughs> but yeah, I don't always eat them. I'll have them as a treat yeah. now and then making a conscious choice. Right. Right. But I'm always like, you still can go out. Now, if you're out like going out to parties and drinking all night, that's one thing. You're not ready for this yet. If that is a priority for you, but right. if you're going out and doing some healthy socializing with girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever, I'm um, going out to dinner with couples, um, you know, this real life example I'm going to share with you, my client, her husband had an event. He had a heart attack. He's only in his forties. It was like a widow maker. He's so lucky that wow. he lived through this. And so it impacted my client. Um, we'll call her Anne, and she, um, you know, started to change her diet. Well, she was getting a little frustrated, you know, she didn't want to quite eat that healthy and she'd put on some weight. She was worried about her husband. Um, and they were very social. Well, she didn't want to give up her beer and then she had a back problem and blah, blah, blah. So she finds her way to me. Okay. And she's sick and tired. She's frustrated. She's disgusted and she's scared now that something's going to happen to her. And she's kind of really been immobile because of this back issue. And so, um, she starts and I said, listen, here we go. She tells me about her diet. I'm like, okay, eliminate the processed food that you have left. She was doing a pretty good job, all right? I just made a couple of tweaks. I'm like, this is how many vegetables that you want, leafy greens. I mean, there really wasn't much. She had a decent intellectual handle on what to do with her diet, and her husband was cooperative because of his heart condition. The real thing was is that any time they went out, which was like three or four times a week, um, she would drink beer. Well, I'm like, okay, so here's the formula. So long story short, I'm like, switch you know, if you're having four beers, cut it down to three or hopefully two, okay? And switch that beer to wine, okay? Mm. Do that for me, all right? And, and so with minor tweaks in that, and then she came to train with me once a week, she's lost 12 pounds in the past eight weeks. Wow. Okay, so the major point is, isn't that she was consuming so much beer, is that she would have her beer... And then, like, kind of cheat, cheat, I hate that word cheat, but have a little bit more of the food. She would get resentful of that she wasn't losing weight. You know, it was kind of that, like that whole mindset. But the minute she had just this plan of attack where she wasn't giving up her social life, she just had to cut back. I did the math for her on the impact it could potentially have pounds-wise. And she's like, okay. Like it suddenly became okay because she could still go out with the same people. She was yeah. still having a drink or two. She was just making it a better choice. And she was just tweaking her choice at the restaurant. We gave her three things that she could have. 
still having fun with everyone. That is what was the key to her success, was that she did not have a loss of joy. Right, exactly. You can just make those some modifications and they don't have to be an extreme, you know, 180 degree change. It can be just a pivot, a a modification. And that way you don't feel like you're giving up things that are important to you that you enjoy, but you're modifying enough that you're also not paying a high price for it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you get, they get so motivated. I, you know, I was just asking her how she's doing the other day. Of course, her back pain's gone because she learned how to exercise the way she should, working through the pain to get to the root of the problem. Right. To the root of the problem, right? And right. So she, she feels so much more powerful now because she was experienced no loss of that joy. She just did yeah. a few different things. And that's what it takes is those those small changes peppered throughout your daily practice. Yeah. Peppered throughout your days. It just has such a huge impact. It does. It really does. And and I agree. That's that's really the same method that I use. It's just let's make modifications, small changes, things that you're not going to get resentful of and feel like you are denied everything that you love, you know, in the world <laughs> because you're not going to maintain it then. And, and then people come back and go, wow, I'm, they're so surprised that they see positive results from minor changes. And, and it's yeah. fun because they're really, then they they get some momentum going and they, then they're yeah. willing to go, okay, I'm excited. What else can I do now? Cause that works so well and I'm happier and I feel better. I have energy you know, like I haven't had in however many years. So it's very motivating and encouraging for them. When, And I think that um, you and I have talked uh, about this a little bit before, which is it's so important that we really get into what, where, they're, where they are mentally. What I call it their mental diet. Because if you don't get the mental diet squared away and synergistic with what you're doing externally, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they all have to work together. So what do, do you get a lot of clients that understand the role that their mental diet plays in how successful they're going to be in reaching and then maintaining their wellness goals? Mm. They don't, they definitely don't come in with that knowledge. They just come in with that desire, that urgency, that desperation, right? That they know they're going to do things differently. So they've embraced that concept, although they're not aware that that change in perspective is key to their action. Mm-hmm. So that, that change in perspective and that mind-body connection and that mental diet aspect um, is something that we work on all the time. So, um, you know, I we are always visiting that because when I'm asking, how's your eating been? And they say, Oh, you know, it's been a hard week. Well, why has it been a hard week? What's gone on? And then we talk about how they're looking at a situation. So it's always the mental diet, I would say um, is 90% of why you do or you don't do things. Right. So yeah. if your mental diet is aces. You can do anything. I mean, yes. if your mental diet is 100%, you can do 
anything. You can change the world. <laughs> right. Not just your body. You can. And it, but if your mental diet isn't there and you're going through the motions, I just taught a class on this this morning. I'm like, how you feel. If you're going food shopping and you're shopping for this healthier food and you're looking for recipes, you're cooking, for, cooking your dinner, and you're pissed off, because you think you're missing out. And if you're doing this and you're resenting it and you think it's hard and that's the way you're talking, don't even do it because you might as well have a bunch of cookies because you're already overwhelming yourself by essentially lying to your body. I want to do it. I'm committed. And then you're doing it, but your mental diet is so toxic. It's taking all the nutrition out of your approach. Yes. It's putting you in survival mode. It's making you in fight, fight, or freeze, which means that your motivation is going to be low because when you're in survival mode, you can't focus. Yeah, yeah. You can't do the work, and that's why it's not sustainable. So we're always visiting that piece. How are you feeling when you're eating your meal? How are you feeling and how are you, are you talking to yourself when you're going out in that walk? If you're looking outside the window and here where I am, we've got a lot of snow and a lot of cold. And I said, you know, I'm looking out the window today and guess what? February, the sun's higher. It's sunny out today. I am so psyched. It's not that it's five degrees below zero. <laughs> right. right. Which it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We woke up to that right? too. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that, that mental diet, it's not just about your food, right? It's not just about your exercise. It's about your whole existence. It's about yeah. how you're looking at your day. Yeah, your whole life, really. And it's about it's about that mental diet is how you choose to handle conflict in your life. Because, you know, and back to what you said about, you know, fight or flight, which basically is when, when to me also, in addition to that, or part of that is when people are having some sort of conflict, they have some sort of suffering going on in their life. You know, they're, you know, maybe it's in their relationship or maybe it's with their job or it's with finances or it's with, you know, there's a hundred things and there's suffering going on. And so that's yeah. just what another way of saying pain. And when you're in pain, what we're, we're programmed, we're, we're going to, we want to run from that and we want to run towards something that's going to bring us pleasure. And for so many people, you know, that, that, escape from pain into pleasure is putting something in their mouth and that's yeah. food. It's food and yeah. it's beverages. Right. And, uh, yeah. which isn't so bad if it's, if it's, you know, electrolytes and carrots, but, <laughs> but when it's right. beer and pizza <laughs> and ice cream right. night after night or processed food, you know, I don't mean to pick on beer and pizza cause I really enjoy that every now and then, but you know yep, what I'm saying? When, when, but when that's, yeah, when that's your lifestyle though, that you're, that you're going for something that, that is convenient, that's easy and it brings you pleasure because it tastes good and it fills this void or helps you escape from whatever mental suffering you're in. Now, you know, your mental diet needs some work. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, um, just to honor everyone out there with how hard it is when you're making these changes. So you're talking about if your lifestyle is, is um, beer and pizza or you're, you're in a troubled situation or experience that pain, you're looking for some solace or trying to comfort yourself and we go to food. I mean, that's the way our physiology is wired. We're made that way. So those pleasure centers do light up in our brain and it's an immediate connection. We're made that way for survival 
purposes. That's our animal brain, our amygdala. So we're, we're like, you know, that's the way we're wired. So we're kind of going against nature. It's a little bit harder because we don't yeah. need to be wired so much like that anymore and hopefully never again. But um, yeah. we are fighting a battle that, that at first is a little bit uphill, but if you can know and trust that it will make such a difference and that it isn't as hard as you might think, then right. it's going to be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, just being aware of that so that you can go, yeah. okay, I'm going to, I'm going to outsmart my, you know, my reptilian brain or, you know, right, the way I was right. biologically wired. I can rise above that. I can outsmart it and I can still, I can still find pleasure in in things like food without actually having it cost me my the quality of my life. Yes. So you're and being you find open. different things that bring you that bring you solace, like that yes. junior to you. So, you know, going for a walk, um, you know, in the woods or along the beach or going for a kayak or hugging your child or your grand child, you know, other things that you can do. You know, I know that when I was stressed out, maybe in high school or college, you know, I'd have beer and popcorn or something, but now I just run up the street and I go in the woods and it's just like, Oh, it just falls off you. And it's so much better feeling. Yeah, it, it is. And I think if people will be willing to be open enough to give it a try, um, they'll discover that. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's hard when it hasn't been a lifestyle for you or, or it hasn't been something that's been modeled for you in your family or your culture. It's and it's very foreign to you. So you really have to decide, you know, to deliberately recreate how you're going to move into your future and and be open to trying some other things that maybe are really foreign to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always do that invitation, though. I mean, I tell people. Tell, share with people that you care about what you're doing. Don't preach, but share. And you can invite them to participate. If they don't want to, that's fine. But, but making that communication and kind of sharing what you're doing and why or, or that you're excited about it breaks down some barriers um, for your sustainable practice. Mm-hmm. You've put it out there. You've put it out there. So that's kind of like a commitment in action. Once you verbalize it and share it, it now has a little bit of a life of its own. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, if you decide, if you are somebody that, again, this is something that's kind of radical for you, I think if you tell people, you know what, I'm, I'm making this change and I, I would love it if you would support me. If you get them on your team and ask for help. Yeah. Uh, You know, people are usually willing to do that if you just say, boy, you know, it's really important to me that I have your support and your help. And would you help me be accountable? Would you help keep me on track? Would you, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then you hopefully eliminate that part where somebody might be like, whoa, you know, what are you doing? That's not how we do things. That's not what we always do on Friday night. That's not, you know. Right what we have at happy hour. I mean, you know, whatever when you get them <laughs> yeah. on your team. Um, and a lot of times they end up then joining you. But I think if you, uh, if you say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going rogue, you know, teammates, I'm going rogue and I need you, I need you to help me. Uh, which, which brings me to, um, a question I always like to ask, 
Did you have a going rogue moment in your life at any point where, you know, you had to do something that was really radical um, by your own standards? And it was, you know, a decision that ultimately had a really positive impact on the course of your life. But it was it was a rogue move for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, well, just starting my own business with, with two young boys and getting going in that way. Um, was something that, you know, I should have gone out and gotten a job type of a deal. What are you doing? Um, but that ended up growing into me building this huge wellness campus that against all odds, I had no money. I got investors and, and all this stuff. And I built this huge wellness campus. It was this integrated thing with, you know, orthopedists and physical therapy. And my health center was at was was the um, the center of the wheel, the hub of the wheel, with all these different other things going around. It was so interactive. Each business within the um, campus supported the other. So there were these inter-referrals, and it was just working famously. It was my absolute dream. Um, the going rogue part comes in when my very good friends, who um, were multimillionaires investors, you know, they started to turn. Um, like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, cause they weren't in the fitness industry. They were the money part. And I had signed off my house and whatever money I had to support this, but they came in with the big bucks and I had, you know, a long of, you know, over a million bucks too, in addition to their money. And, uh, um, and I'm like, what are you doing? And they started to just like go like in these crazy directions and give away memberships and tell people. And I'm like, what are you doing? So the rogue aspect is this, is that my relationship with money. Okay. And how it was, um, with just my self-esteem and everything. Cause I didn't have the, have the money to do it myself. I felt inferior. I mm-hmm. brought that inferiority, that feeling of diminishment with me in this whole relationship and building my dream. Mm. So there was a bit of a compromise there in building the dream. I accomplished it. It was successful. And then it started to fall apart and I started to watch it falling apart because of their behavior. The growing rogue part is where I just said, okay, um, I am willing to risk everything by telling you that you need to go. Like Ah. get out of this business. You have to go. And I knew, I knew what would happen. I knew that I would lose everything. And so I, I did. I told them that they needed to go, that um, I was going to sell the business because I needed, it couldn't do this. Like the, I was not going to compromise what was going on. That's not the way you run it. That's not healthy. That's not good for any of the people. That's good for my clients. I have a staff of 22 people. I'm like, it's not good for them, but I'm going to try to make this work on my own and make sure that everything is as good as I can take care of it by selling this place and paying off um, the mortgage and getting, you know, you, they wanted their money right away, getting that to them. Well, because they couldn't have their money right away, I, I just walked across the street to the hospital. I'm like, this is my 20, my 15 year plan. It's now only at year eight. Um, but listen, uh, I want you to buy this property. I know how much it's worth. I know, I know that you wanted it because I bought it when you should have bought it, but you chose not to, and they wanted to buy it from me. And so wow. I orchestrated this whole wholesale. Um, but what ended up happening 
much to my happiness, okay, is that um, the investors got so mad, okay, and this is the thing. My relationship with money was like I was diminished. I wasn't worthy enough. I didn't have the money and I didn't feel good about myself. But then I'm like, screw that. I'm doing what the right thing is and I am worth it and I'm going to do the best that I can even though I know I'm risking losing everything. And I did. I lost everything. I fought to, to the end and I declared personal and business bankruptcy and started So Luminous Coaching and So Luminous Radio in my current practice, which is so much better. Uh, so much better. Like, Laurie, you don't even know. Like, wow. I, I, I experienced like this huge, sorry, personal bankruptcy business. I remember the day I had $6.24 in my bank account. I was able to keep my house in my car. And I didn't have a job because that was my job, my business. It was gone. Yeah. I closed yeah. the doors. And, um, and then, then I was walking down the street and I'm like, what am I going to do? And I looked up at my, I have a detached garage and I'm like, I'm going to go make that into an exercise studio. So it upstairs in my garage and there are pine floors. It was my kids, my boys, like music room and stuff like that. I ripped it apart. I called friends. I'm like, you have a weight bench. You have, like, this is what I did. I put together my studio and I did so luminous radio and so luminous coaching and never looked back. Amazing. Amazing. I know. But yeah, so the road part was like, everyone's like, Michelle, don't do it. Don't you know they're going to annihilate you? And I'm like, I, I am not going to, I am not, they're going to annihilate this business. I am not yeah. putting everyone through this. I want everyone to be okay. And everything worked out fine. Yeah. For everyone. But else. you had to, yeah. So you had to do something though that was really radical and something that you built that was your baby. Um, you yeah. know, and you and yeah. you said, you know, you really were had some insecurities about certain aspects of yourself, you know, with money and worthiness around yeah. it. So so you had yeah. to muster the chutzpah really to put your foot down and and take control of the situation and be willing to give it up. That's tough. Yep. Yep. But, and so, in, you know, and, and I think, you know, we're faced with these forces in our lives where people are like, you can't do that or don't do that because then they're going to do this. And it's like, no, no, you can't live your life that way. And I didn't do it to punish anyone. I did it because I believed in something and yeah. in myself and what was right for the people around me. And it's just like, I'm not doing it that way that's the toxic way and that's where the detox is born it's like you have to blend the mind and the body your actions with your intention and it has to be married yeah. to something bigger than ourselves right a higher good right right um, yeah 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 so you, you i mean you had to you had to demonstrate your convictions right there exactly yeah beautiful that's a that's a fantastic story i I love to share those stories because so many of us that have, um, you know, been, especially when you've been, I like an entrepreneur or self-employed, you know, you've built your business and most of us that have done that have gone through all kinds of hardship, successes, failure, bankruptcy, you know, we've all most of us that are doing the thing that we love on our own have have gone through all of those fires to get there. And yeah, it's, 
it's it's not an easy road. Um, it's definitely not. But if you're if you're willing to go rogue and follow your convictions and like you said, line up your, you know, your your actions with and and your integrity and your intentions or everything's in alignment and you just you stay the course, it almost every time ultimately you end up somewhere better than where you were before. You gotta have the faith. Yeah, you gotta have the, you, yeah, and you have to believe in your. You really have to believe in yourself and marry yes. that action with your intent, and make sure you're not punishing anyone, least of all yourself. Yes, like, you know, like don't do it out of resentment. Don't do it because of anything else other than it's right. <laughs> yes, I think that's true. You yeah, it, you can't go into it uh, with a motive of vengeance and resentment and you know, and, uh, wanting to victimize somebody that you have deemed has wronged you. (laughs) Right. And you know, that, that can, uh, you know, making this full circle around to people, you know, that we help where they come to us usually first for, you know, like their health or fitness, nutrition, that kind of thing. Um, or just to feel better about themselves. It's just like, if that resentment occurs, within you in any way, if you're looking to make your body, your health better, but you're doing it because you're going to show your ex that you're going to look better than ever, then that's a very limited resource right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not a deep enough reason. It's not a deep enough purpose to compel you to keep going when your willpower is going to be tested over and over again. You gotta, you gotta have a much deeper, more meaningful purpose than that. That's very surface. And so it, it it won't help you, uh, when things get a little bit tough. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Ooh, so much. We could, we, we're going to have to do this again because there's so many different avenues, you know, that we could shoot off into around this whole topic. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to ask you one, well, actually two more questions. What I think what I'd like to ask you first is for, you know, there's still masses of people who are really I mean, masses of people who are still really unfamiliar with the whole concept of, of the mind body connection and, you know, their mental aspect or view of, of themselves, it's very disconnected from their physical self. So what, if you have some tips or suggestions, what would you say or offer to people to, to help them just even start to bridge that gap to become more mindful and aware of that connection so that they can be more proactive about cultivating a healthier mental diet that supports their physical wellness goals? Mm. The number one thing, the first thing you want to do is simply ignite that awareness, pay attention. And the first thing you want to pay attention to is what are you talking about? How are you speaking about yourself? What are you talking about every day? What is the frequency of the energy of your discussion, of your conversations? I mean, are you talking about how crappy it is outside? Are you... Are you talking, are you gossiping? Are you talking about how nothing ever works for you? Are you talking, are you blaming whatever isn't right on someone else? You know, what are you talking about? Because if what you're talking about isn't serving you, like if it isn't serving anyone, you got to start right there because right there, what are you saying? What's, 
you know, everyone's like, oh, it's what you put in your mouth. And it's like, no, first it's what's coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to that because that, that's immediately representative of your focus and your perspective. I love it. And I totally agree. The, it's, it's back to, that's an aspect of the mental diet. And you're right. I think it's the foundation of everything. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome advice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank and, you. And, yeah. And just one more thing on that. Then pay yes. attention to how you, how you feel. Like pay attention to how you feel when you're talking. <laughs> right. 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 The yeah. more you do, the more you do that, the more you do that, the more you feel, you'll notice that you don't feel very good when you're talking smack about people and when you're in negative stuff is coming out of your mouth or even talking bad about yourself. You won't feel good. Yeah. But if, but That's right. even if it's somebody that you don't like, you won't feel good. But if you say good things about yourselves or good things about other people, even people that maybe aren't your faves, <laughs> the family yeah. member that yeah. drives you nuts or yeah. whatever. Right. But you will notice you will feel differently and it will definitely be on the positive side of the scale, not the negative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time. I think that that is a awesome first first step for sure. That's awesome. Great. Thank you. So what I would love for you to do, Michelle, is share uh, where our listeners can find you and and all of the services that you have to offer. And then I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, Sure. You can get in touch with, well, you go to my website. It's soul, S-O-U-L-luminous.com, soul-luminous.com. That's my website. Tell you how to get in touch with me. The easiest absolute easiest way is Facebook. Um, direct message me if you're at all interested. I do free mini consultations just to see if it's a good fit because, you know, I don't do it all and sometimes people aren't a good fit, but um, I like to offer that initial um, introduction, um, just giving you some of my time to see if it could work. And, and if it doesn't look like a good fit, I definitely know, um, have other resources to direct you to other incredible people that, that would be a good fit for you. So on my Facebook page, it's Michelle Rober. Um, and it's also my other Facebook page is soul luminous, soul luminous radio. So both of those pages, um, you can access and direct message me on Facebook. Perfect. Thank you. And, and you guys, it's Michelle Rober, R O B like boy E R just to make sure they, they got that. Awesome. Thank you. So my last question is what would you like to share with our listeners about the value of going rogue? Oh man, the value of going rogue, um, gives that's your super, it, it gives you a superpower. So it, it shows you if you have enough conviction and you, you muster it up and you go rogue. Okay. Again, not in anyone else's face, but just because it's lined up with your values and what's for a greater good. When you make that, you're fully supported. You become to believe that you're fully supported because if I had looked back, if, Someone told me when I had six bucks in my checking account that day that I would be making more money, be happier, like just have more flow and ease in my life doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have believed them, but every step of the way, the universe has your back. And if 
you don't retaliate, if you don't um, use any kind of negative energy simply that I'm doing it, it's friggin' hard, I'm scared out of my mind, I could lose it all, but I'm doing it because I know it's right for me, then you know that you can do anything. Once you do that, you can do anything. And then on the other side of it, not only can you do anything, you know that you have that trust and that knowingness inside you, but you're an inspiration to others and you want to help other people find that same superpower within themselves. Oh, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And this is such a fun question to ask everyone because everyone always has something a little bit different and yet it's always like amazing. I love it. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. I love the whole superpower thing. And I think you're absolutely spot on. Wonderful. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. This has Thanks, been. Laurie. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You shared so many good things with everyone. I'm sure that listeners are going to benefit from this. And um, I am delighted that you spent this hour with me. I so appreciate you. And I look oh. forward to doing it again. Oh, me too. It is always awesome to collaborate with a fellow superhero to help <laughs> everyone <laughs> find that within themselves because it's there. You just may not have seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Michelle, this has been awesome. I hope to uh, talk to you again soon. And thank you. Thank you so much, my dear. Absolutely, Larry. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Uh- All right, everyone. I know that you got a lot of good stuff from Michelle today. She is amazing. So if you liked what you heard, please go over to the we'retalkingshift.com website and leave me some comments, uh, subscribe, give me some ratings. That would be awesome. And I would love to hear your thoughts about the show. You will also find all the links to social media there as well. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all there. If you are trying to make some shift happen in your own life and you would like some private coaching with me, please connect with me there as well or on Facebook or on lauriebischoff.com. Thank you all so much for listening. I love you guys. And until we talk again next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.